Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're giving you a summer listening list. We're going back in time and looking at some of our favourite episodes from 2023. And the reason I want to do this is you kind of go back and look at some of the episodes, Andrew, and you do think, oh yeah, those were some really interesting topics. And so we're going to go through our top five each and talk about the episode, what happened in it, if you missed it. And then also what we liked so much about that and why you should either listen to it or re-listen to it if you've already tuned in. Now, Andrew, you're going to kick it off. We're going way back into February. (laughs) What was one of your favorite episodes from back then? Well, there's a bit of a controversial one. A 7th of February, episode 1244. This was Beware, Too Good to Be True, which was one that we did where we looked at, I think it was an Auckland developer, we looked at some of the advertising that they had on deals, but there was actually some things you needed to know about the particular developer before you went and got it. And it was, it was because I'd seen this thing advertised. I thought, what a great deal. And to try to download the property pack. And then I suddenly saw the developers. Now, if you want to know the developer, you're going to have to go listen to the episode. But that was quite a good one. And I think we were just talking about some of the ways that developers advertise things. And this is probably quite a good one to have as a refresher over the break because I'm starting to see an uplift in developers advertising product again. And I think that we're going to be smashed with it over the break. And, you know, if you are thinking about property investment and you click on one, you're going to see a whole lot more. So you really want to be aware of who you're dealing with as a developer. It's quite funny. I remember I once had a journalist call me up and say, oh, so who do you guys think you are? The Property Academy podcast. You think you're the industry's policeman or something calling developers out on some of the bad practices we see. And the answer was kind of, Yes, I do see it that way because not many people are talking about some of the dodgy practices that are out there and we want to be open and honest about that. And in fact, Andrew, didn't that one end up in court? Well, it actually did, but not because of anything we said, but because of something someone else said. But but yeah, that, that uh, that one's just waiting for a judgment at the moment. Does it have anything to do with something that starts with D and rhymes with reformation? Yes. Yes, it does. It's a, actually, that's a terrible rhyme. Yeah, no, it took me a wee while. You, 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 put, you put two and two together. It was defamation. It was defamation. <laughs> I can't hold, help myself. So that one, Andrew, just for everybody, again, episode 1244, 1244, and it was too good to be true. The next one is in a similar vein. 27th of March, we released episode 1292, 1292, and it was developer's cash flow trap revealed. Now, this one got me into a bit of a hot water. You were in trouble. The developer was not very happy with me. Now, I still believe that everything we said was correct and was evidenced. But if you go back and listen to episode 1292, I won't tell you who the developer was because I want to incentivize you to go back and listen to the podcast. But a developer put out some Airbnb numbers for one of their properties with a cash flow analysis. And there were some things that were factually incorrect and totally misleading. And so I let them know in advance about that, that it was wrong. They didn't correct it. and enough time for me to be happy. And so I thought, we'll just do a podcast about it because I think it's really important, again, that you guys as investors get access to really high quality investment information. You know, if you think about investing in shares or funds or anything like that, the information is high quality and should be factually correct. And there is a regulator, the Financial Markets Authority. There isn't the same sort of oversight and regulation in the property investment industry. And so when we see things that are wrong, we do want to call it out so that you guys have access to the best quality information. What's next for you, Andrew? So this is a good one. 
This was 16th of April and it was episode 1312. Now this was a case study Sunday and it was the council swapped my suburb. And I remember someone had purchased, I think it was in Horswell, but when the actual title came out, the suburb was maybe a neighbouring suburb. Hoon Hay. It was Hoon Hay, which the investor was concerned was less affluent a suburb. And it's, this one sticks in my head because just last week, I was helping out one of the property partners who had an investor buy in Rolleston. The title said Rolleston. And then when the investor went to send a gift out to the new tenants, which I thought was a really nice idea, the postcode said Springston, which is a name-bearing suburb. Well, technically, it's a town that's a, like five-minute drive away, ten-minute drive away. Correct. And it was really funny because I looked at it and thought, this is a development in Rolleston. The code of compliance says Rolleston. The title says Rolleston. But in a couple of places, it said Springston. And so I rang the council and said, what's the story here? And they said, no, it's absolutely Rolleston. And I looked up on the New Zealand Post website, and there's actually an article, which was really interesting, which basically said, we categorise things however we want. So if we group this area together and call it Springston, that's just because we're going to deliver mail with one postie that does Springston, for example, and it captures the corner of that subdivision. But it's got nothing to do with the actual location of your property. So what happened in the end? In the end, they actually managed to get New Zealand Post, or I believe New Zealand Post are actually updating that. But I think in a lot of instances, they might not. But just goes to show that sometimes suburbs might not necessarily be what you intended them to be. I'm going to jump ahead to the 22nd of June, which was episode 1379. We called it Property Spruker's Dirty Secrets oh, Revealed. that was a good one. And this is where we looked at what was happening in Australia. So over there, you've got this category of what's called property spruikers. It's people who actually look quite a lot like us here at Opus Partners in terms of they are recommending new build properties to investors. But in some cases, they're a lot less scrupulous. And so I was actually just telling a mortgage broker the story the other day. Over in Australia, there was a couple who purchased a, a property, a new build property, and a couple of years in, they were like, we cannot <laughs> afford this mortgage. Like, we are really, really struggling. So they go to the bank and the bank said, no, you can definitely afford this on your incomes. They're like, no, we can't. Why did you give us this mortgage? And the bank sends them the mortgage application. The property spruker, the property investment company, had inflated their salaries. So he might have been earning 80 grand. This property spruker put down 120 grand. She might have been earning 40 grand. Property spruker put down $60,000. And so they were giving false information to try and get a property sale across the line. Terrible. And I, I really liked that episode because it's like, even though those sorts of businesses look very similar to us, it's really important to point out bad behavior. And that's something I've always felt really strongly about. So next one is 7th of August, which is episode 1425. And this was, how much money could I make developing property? This is where you dropped your pants. I, this is where I revealed the, the numbers of a development that I'd done in Christchurch for investors to buy and how the margins got squeezed drastically. And I thought that was a good one because I think of myself I'm relatively good when it comes to property investment. And the problem with being slightly good at property investment is you might think you're an expert at all things property investment, like development. So, Mate, you think you're an expert at everything. I, I am an expert in most things. And anyway, I didn't make anywhere near the kind of money that I wanted to make in that or expected to make. And so I thought it was quite a good story to share. And, you know, I'm all for sharing the, uh, the, the truth about a, uh, a less glamorous side to my property investment. And the good thing about that is we released it on YouTube and there were some comments being like, this is like pants dropping stuff. Uh, I know people really appreciated just showing the numbers and saying this is what it actually is. 
Another one that I liked was episode 1430, which was released on the 12th of August, which was all about how to avoid buying flood-prone properties. The reason I liked this is we dug so much into the detail of what councils look for or how councils categorize flood-prone areas, what it actually means if your area is flood-prone. In the Auckland data we shared, a flood-prone property was if it had a 1% chance of flooding in a given year. And we went through the probability of how often your property would flood and you know what sort of properties would flood and how were properties being built differently. And we gave examples. I think that one was also released on YouTube. Some of our best ones are. And we looked at properties that would be flood prone and ones that wouldn't. And I was really proud of that episode because you know, it was probably only 15 minutes long. But those detailed episodes, that probably took about two to four hours worth of research to put together. And I feel really proud of those kinds of ones because they are so detailed. The next one I'm also going to take, which was released on the 11th of October, 1490, which was called 100K Moisture Repairs, the Barfoot and Thompson Agents Didn't Dispose. That was a really interesting one. And that makes my top 10 for this year because I went in there with a preconceived idea that these Barfoot and Thompson agents were totally dodgy. They'd ripped off some poor purchaser who was just trying to do their best. And that was the impression I got from reading the New Zealand Herald articles. But then we dug into the judgments from the Real Estate Authority. We looked at the details and we were like, wait a second. Yeah, these Barford and Thompson agents, they might have got a few things wrong, but it wasn't entirely their fault. Actually, a lot of the blame was down to the consumer, the person who bought the property, who decided against getting building inspections. And there were a whole heap of things, really interesting twists and turns in that podcast. And the reason it makes my top 10 is because doing the research changed my mind. Yeah, I think reading a headline, you can automatically assume something that might not be correct once you dig into the detail. And it did make me question maybe some of the other articles I read in like Staff or the Herald. I'm not trying to say, oh, never trust the media. but You read the headline, you think dodgy agents. You read the article, you think dodgy agents. Then you read the detail and you think, wait a second, it's not quite as clear cut as it may seem. And then there was an interesting one that also ended up with a couple of legal letters. Oh, See, this is is what we do for you guys. We subject ourselves to legal action. 26th of October, 1505. What was that? Well, this was the Enable Me versus Opus one. And and look, to be fair, I thought we were very, very kind on this one. It's interesting because I had a couple of you listeners email me in and say, I think it's really brave the way you talk about your competitors in a positive light. And I think, you know, people like Enable Me who do a great job at their particular offering, I think they should be put in the limelight for that. But similarly, I think it's really important to point out the differences between a company like us and them so people can make their own mind up who to use. And that's one of the approaches we've always tried to take with this show. You know, not shy away from the stuff that you guys are are going to think about anyway. You know, so that's why I liked the property spookers one where, you know, there is some dodgy stuff that goes on in Australia and we need to talk about it. Similarly, you might be legitimately weighing up you know, should I use Opus? Should I use one of their competitors? Should I do it on my own? Well, let's talk about the pros and cons in a really honest way so you can make the decision. Because the right answer for you might be to use Enable Me or one of their companies, or it might be to do it on your own, or it might be to use us. So let's just help you make the best decision possible because that's going to help you be successful. That was a really good one. I was really proud of that one, actually. Apart um, from the fact we sat in the Sydney Museum with our lawyer on Zoom replying to a legal letter that we got. 
Just to be really clear as well about that, the funny thing was they weren't unhappy with most of the stuff that I thought they might be unhappy about. So we talked about how their properties are more expensive and we had the data to support that. No, they didn't worry about that. It's because we called them a budgeting company and they said, well, no, we're a financial planning and strategy company. We don't just do budgeting. And so we're like, oh, easy. We'll just quickly update that. That's actually no issue at all. Let's come to the 14th of November. Fourth of, uh, oh, sorry. No, it is the oh, 14th of all November. Right, all right. People sorry. need to know that he's second guessing me yet, David. <laughs> episode 1524 was all about diversification. And the reason I think you should re-listen to this episode is it's one of the best where we went and crunched the numbers. And, you know, people often tell you, oh, diversify. Diversification is really important. But we went and ran the numbers to show you why it was important. So rather than just say, oh, diversify, don't put all your, your eggs in one property market, don't just buy in Gisborne if you already own properties in Gisborne. It was, well, what is the mathematical reason why you would diversify? And we showed how you could get more consistent returns over time by investing across lots of different regions. And that everybody says, well, if you just look at New Zealand property prices, property prices go up pretty consistently. And it's true if you look at the average in New Zealand. But the truth is that sometimes Auckland's going up while Wellington's flat for nine years. Sometimes Gisborne, I think, was flat for like 12 years. And so the reason we diversify is to try and approximate the New Zealand property market so we do get those consistent returns. If you haven't listened to it, go back, episode 1524. It is one of my favourites of the year just because it was so number heavy, but also tried to mathematically prove an important concept we always talk about. And I'm going to give the last one to you, Andrew. Last one, 4th of December, episode 1544, how to make an extra million dollars in property. And this was using our overvalued and undervalued model. So applying that and buying a number of properties over a number of years, can you actually be better off over the long term? And it was amazing the difference. So you literally made another million dollars by following this model. And it didn't always work out better, but 90% of the time, I think it was, or 80% of the time, it worked out to be better and overall a million dollars better off. And again, it's one of those times where you've got this idea of how should we invest in property, but then running the numbers to show that it works. And I think that's the approach that we want to continue giving you guys throughout this podcast in 2024 and beyond is say, hey, it's not just about saying things that sound good. It's not just about saying things that everybody's always said or the collective wisdom over time. It's about proving that these things are correct. And what are we trying to do? The reason we run the numbers is we are trying to make it more likely that you succeed in property investment, mathematically more likely that you succeed in property investment. So go back and listen to some of those. I'll also put those episodes with the different links down in the show notes so you can skip back to them. But have a listen to some of this. This is some of the best property investment journalism I've seen. And if you're thinking about investing in 2024, one of the main questions running through your head is probably, can I actually afford an investment property next year? I mean, the banks are so tough at the moment, servicing test rates are up, debt to income ratios potentially coming in. So we've built a new quiz or calculator so you could run your numbers in, in 60 seconds. Just get a sense, a ballpark, an understanding of whether you can afford a property or not. And you could also maybe use this calculator a couple of times to see, well, what would the numbers need to look like in order for me to be able to afford an investment property? Really easy to get there. It's completely free. Just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash 2024. I'll also put that link down in the show notes. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, taxes and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time, 